Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, Million Dollar Agent. We are on the home stretch for December 2016. What a year, gentlemen. What a year it's been. Isn't it been great? How, how long have we got to go until uh, more podcasts? Is our last? We've we got are... three more episodes, I think. If we three go more right to the last week before everyone goes on holidays on the 23rd. We're not going to do it on Christmas Day? This is absurd, Tom. Yeah, well, look, uh, John, I can tell you that um, I'm available. If the big, if if the if the if the, cap, if the captain says, "Are you available?" I'm available now, Troy. Uh, I'm uh, unavailable. <laughs> yeah. We'll make it happen. No, it's been it, look, it's been a busy year, right, for the industry, and I think a year of change behind us, and I think a year of change, maybe more change, ahead of us. Yeah, a lot of structural change change in the industry, a lot of things happening, and I think um, it's never been a better time for agents and agencies that are embracing, Troy, the movement and the change. Uh, I think, you know, that we've been talking about since we started MDA around uh, technology and change and innovation, and I think if you're not embracing those concepts, it may not be a great few years ahead, but if you're embracing them, It'll be your best few years. So yeah, well, change creates opportunity, right? Yeah, and those that are most willing to take the opportunity and run with it, that will create more opportunity in the future. So I yeah. think it's a, the over the past couple of years, most exciting time in our industry. It's it's funny. I was listening to someone speak yesterday, overhearing a conversation at a, a coffee shop, and he said to another person, I don't know what industry they're in, but it was very. It got a lot of interest when I was just listening to what he's saying. He said, "I prefer." hiring someone that is incompetent than competent. And the other guy said to him, why is that? And he said, well, he said, sometimes when you hire someone competent is that they're madly in love with the way that they do things, mm. that they like things to be the way that they, they are. They hate change. Whereas what I find with people with that have got to be incompetence is that they're open um, to change. Mm. And he goes, I don't want anyone that's, he actually used these words, not no one too dumb. But I want someone that's not in love with what they're doing, the way they're doing it. Yeah. Or put another way, given the choice of hiring someone that's experienced versus someone with great attitude, I think we'd all go for a great attitude, right? Because sometimes experience brings baggage. I mean, it can be great if you've been doing something for a while and you've been focused on learning and personal development and growth. Generally, you've evolved yourself to a new level. But there's plenty of people who've been doing real estate they did it for a year and they just replicated it for 10. Hire for attitude, train for skill. I think yeah. that's, you've yeah. used that term before. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. But, you know, important time in the last few weeks. We spoke recently on the podcast, Troy, around if you finish this year strongly, that is likely to give you a strong start to next year. And if you start next year strongly, you are likely to finish the rest of the 10 or 11 months strongly. So I can't um, really uh, emphasize enough to everyone listening you got to go hard until you go on holidays. Then you're going to need a great break, and then as soon as you come back, you've got to be going hard again. Really, really important because you know we've all seen agents go on holidays on the 18th of December, but they really clock off from the 8th, and they're going on long lunches and they're wandering in like Brown's cows. They're not doing a number of the things we might even talk about that today is maybe what they should be doing. And then of course, Troy, they come back from their break, and they kind of are not really back from their break, so they're back on the 15th of January, but really until Australia Day weekend, they may as well have been on holidays because they're not focused. So very important to be focused when you're at work. Okay. And it is a, I think it's a bit of a false start as well. Australia Day next year, 2017, is actually on Thursday. 
So I think a lot of the public will take the Friday as a public holiday as well or take it as their annual leave day and have an extra long weekend. So you may come back on the 15th of January yeah. and you've got a couple of weeks and then you're back on a small break and then it's the official time to kick off. It's funny because it is a bit of a holiday season and yeah. you know, I, we've been saying focused until you're on holidays but I remember when we heard from Gavin Rubenstein last year which was that one of our more popular? It felt like. Yeah, well, me. it was one that we used the Mevo camera and used a. Uh, we did a video of that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. But a lot of people have spoken Commented. to me in the field about it. And yeah. They really liked it. And Gav, I don't know if it was on on online or offline, but he said to me that he'd, he generally takes four holidays a year. Uh, some of them, several of them, mini breaks might be for a week or maybe even a four day long weekend. But I, I think you you should be um, seeing. You should plan your holidays as well as you plan your business. Yeah. Because we've also heard about agents that take three weeks off in September and they screw the last quarter of their year up totally because mm. like that's just not a good time to be taking off in this industry. Unless, you know, if you're getting married or there's some particular event that's immovable, I get that. But assuming that you're just going to go away for a bit of a holiday, I think you it can be an expensive holiday mm. or it can be cost effective. So have a think about that. And a lot of our agents that I'm um, going around, Tom, this year, talking to them, they're actually planning to come back early in January, earlier than usual. Some of them would have been off for the third and fourth week, as you said, yeah. Troy. A lot of those guys are saying to me, I'm going to be back by the 10th or 12th, because they're sensing it's going to be a very busy and early start to the new year. Now, whether they're right or not, I'll we'll well, find out. But well, Tracy Dixon from Hunters Hill said that to me on um, last week. She said, I'm coming back early. I have a funny feeling that some of the activity that I've missed from July to December this year where people held off for a number of reasons. One of the reasons they held off is that they couldn't find property that they were going to upgrade Correct. to and they were paranoid about the risk of price growth between selling and, and buying. Tracy has a feeling that there could be more activity this January than other activities and I think she's basing it on conversations she's having with yeah. her sellers. So she's coming back early. But right now, guys, if I'm an agent and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my inbox and it's, it's December 1, while you're listening to this podcast, you've probably got in there open houses that are probably going to take you through to the 10th or the 12th or maybe even the 17th of December. You've got less appraisals than normal. You don't have um, the normal activity that you would have had in you know, September, October or February, March, April. What should a real estate agent be doing in December 2016 if they've got a diary that's clearer, a diary that's probably got more social functions in it than normal, um, how does an agent maximise their effectiveness in December? Well, a couple of things. Firstly, Tom, I'd be going through to the 17th of December. If you are planning to work, and so I'd be opening properties on the 17th. Mm. My experience over many, many years is people will buy property on New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve. If they haven't bought all year and there's a property available and it's the right price, they will buy. So... Don't think you should be clocking off opens. Well, the seventeenth know, to, to Saturday, John. Would you say people will, will people work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday following following that that last week? Well, look, I think a lot of our industry, and look, we are an industry that works long hours and many many days, probably more than most. I think a lot of people will probably clock off. What would that be? The nineteenth. The nineteenth is a Monday. Yeah. So a lot of people will say, "Well, I'm going to work till the seventeenth, eighteenth that weekend, and then clock off." But if you are doing it, I, I would not put out of the context of fact that I would be opening up on that Saturday properties. Now then you might, hangover might be a good hangover as you, you spend Monday, Tuesday doing some final exchanges. Yeah. But I'm really, in, especially for people that haven't been in the industry long and are thinking, well, no one, they've heard the old 
you know, the old sea dog agents, oh, no one buys, you know, in December and January, it's quiet. Well, people do buy. They buy 365 days a year. If the price is right and the property is right, they will buy. So I think good opportunity to pick up a few late sales in the year. Look, other than that, I guess it would be fair to say that the number of signing ups of new auctions and potentially open homes for most agents will be a little bit down on perhaps November. So I think, Tom, what do, how do you, the question I guess is how do you top up your activities so you don't go into this sort of slow decline of you know, cruise control uh, work? I think the first thing is to get on the phone to everyone in your client base and wish them well for the season and just catch up and let them know what's happened during the year. Because again, you might pick up a couple, I want to tell you a story. I was talking to one of our top agents the other day and he said, Joe Mack, I know that you love telling these stories on your podcast and to the team. So he said, I'll give you one. And he's a terrific agent, you know, sort of a two to three million dollar agent and, and he's growing and, and a wonderful person. Anyway, he said to me, he rang this person that he knew and there was two on his phone with, it's an unusual first name, but there were two people on, on his phone with the first, same first name. He hit the wrong one. So I rang up and it was a female. When she answered, he realised in that instant that he'd rung the wrong one. <laughs> so, you know, how you have this thing yeah. about, oh, do I answer or not? And of course, yeah. nowadays with, with voice ID, you know, you've, you've got to answer. So he said, hi, uh, I just wanted to, and he very quickly, because he didn't want to embarrass himself or her, he said, I just wanted to touch base and we haven't spoken for a long time and how's everything going? He'd sold her a house a couple of years ago. Um, Anyway, long story short, she, she actually said to me, it's funny, I was just speaking about what are we going to do next year because we've finished the renovations and our circumstances have changed a little bit. She said, why don't you come see the property? He said, I'd love to. So he went around the next day. He listed the property for sale because she actually said we, we are inclined to sell if we can get the right price. He sold it a few weeks later for $8 million. So wow. what a pocket dial or missed call that was, Troy. Yeah. But you think about it. So yeah. let's go back a sec. Tom, let's imagine he hadn't rung by mistake. And he's very diligent, by the way, in the long term in ringing his clients, but for whatever reason, hadn't spoken to her for a while. And she runs into another agent at Open Home up the road. The other agent follows through diligently, lists the property. That's an $8 million sale that could have been missed. So, you know, if you've had 100, 200, 300 client transactions in the past few years, mm. ring them up. Yeah. Touch base. Um, you know, ring up your pipeline, ring up your centres of influence. So I think, I think you can have a nice social but business connection in the month of December. Well, John, so a, a couple of things if I can expand on it. The first thing is that when real estate agents spend all this time tr creating a strategy document on prospecting, mm -hmm. it just goes to show to me, don't worry about it. That was it. a great example. Just, 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 just hit do the it. phone. You know, just, just hit the yeah. phone, right? And as Alex Phillips once said, just call anyone. Because the reality is people's circumstances, Troy, change all the time. The truth is that um, people may not be thinking of selling today, but are thinking of selling in three months' time. The, the frequency and time frame of people moving is a lot more fluid than it was decades ago, well, right? Yeah, we talk about the seven-year cycle and when people normally change over real estate. We read somewhere recently the life event that someone goes through is actually every three years. Uh, marriage, divorce, childbirth, child going Correct. to school, um, sea change, tree change, career change. Yeah. So the frequency of contact should be increased, not just waiting for that cycle of oh, they've just bought 12 months ago. You're not to know what the circumstance will be in the next 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. So yeah. pick up the time, make the time, take the time to pick up the phone and call all your past clients. Correct. And there used to be a time, Troy, if you go back, for the agents, you know, we talked about before experience can be good or bad. The agents that kind of learnt a decade or more ago, um, a lot of them 
if they did a good job selling the property, they probably had a pretty good chance of, because it was not, it was not as easy to research other agents and there was no thing called the internet at one point. Whereas nowadays, if you don't work damn hard to retain the business and, and nurture the relationship, the likelihood of someone stumbling across another agent by going onto realestate.com.au to popping into a, an open or someone receives a digital newsletter, that's gone up tenfold. Yes. So you have to work hard to own the right to revisit that relationship. So I, I think, yeah, Alex Phillips is right and you know our agent, just, just make the calls. Just pick a hundred people that, that you would love to contact with and make the calls and just see how they are. How was their year? Let them know how your year. I always like the value add, Tom, just you know, letting you know a little bit about what's been happening in the marketplace because you know it is, it's relevant to people. I had a call, John, last year. This is what prompted me to push gym members to do it, is I got a call in December last year from an agent saying, I just wanted to take two minutes of your time because a lot's happened in real estate and I wanted to tell you what has actually happened in your suburb in the last 12 months. Really nice so he goes, if it's okay, what I want to do is just run you through how many properties got sold, what the average price was, what the highest was, what the lowest was, what the days on market, and he goes, at the end of it, I'm also just going to give you what we're forecasting is going to happen early next year. Very good. And I really enjoyed that chat because in two minutes, he gave me information which I sort of knew but did not know 100%, mm. you know. And um, I gather that he did that to many people on his database. Mm. Great idea. So that would be the, the first thing. The other thing I think while you've got a little bit of time up your sleeve in December, Troy, is review this year. Mm. Not just for your results. Yeah, have a look at your scoreboard, your KPIs, what are your clearance rates like, your average commissions, your days on market. Those things are really good to work out. Did you actually deliver what you expected in your business plan or not? Because everyone listening to this should have a business plan. So that's important. But what did you learn? I mean, what were the, what were the things that went wrong? Were there clients where you end up having an unfortunate tense relationship? And what could you have done to have prevented that? So really review everything that you've done this year. What worked well? What wasn't perfect? What were the issues? And then how are you going to change as a person? So now we're starting to build your 2017 business and life plan. So you might say, well, you know, I had a really great year, but I had no time off. Well, go and lock into 27, as Gavin does, put your four, three or four periods of of rest and vacation for you and your family into 2017 before it starts. Because guess what? If you had a great year this year, you're going to have another great year next year because you've got momentum. So you need to be planning, you know, putting the big rocks, as we talk about the Dr. Fred metaphor, your big rocks into your diary before your diary gets busy for next year. Yeah. Um, you know, what is your learning development? What events and conferences? What magazines are you going to subscribe to? What YouTube channels are you going to subscribe to? What podcasts are you mm-hmm. going to subscribe to? I mean, all the things that we talk about, constant learning and development, start building your plan for next year. I like that. But John, what do you say to an agent... This is interesting because we hear about importance of planning your holidays and putting them in advance. I have a few agents say to me, Tom, I have an element of guilt attached towards mm-hmm. that. I'm, you know, I'm going to go in and block you know, two weeks there and two weeks there and two weeks there. Not all agents do, but there is uh, an element of guilt. I, I also have agents that I know that feel guilty whenever they take an afternoon off, you know, mm-hmm. yet they probably need it because they're stressed and overwhelmed and tired. What do you say to an agent that says that? Look, I, I think it's commonplace, by the way, and I have the same thing, and I think probably all three of us to some degree. 
And you know, if we look at the positive side of it, I mean, we're all proud of what we do and we're, we love what we do. If we didn't love what we do, we'd have no guilt around you know, doing a bit less of it. So I think from that point of view, I understand the roots of that guilt. But having said that, guilt is a fairly pointless emotion. I would, if you plan it and you plan it right and you accept that by taking some time off, yes, there is the chance that you might miss a piece of business. And you accept that because the alternative is you work 365 days a year and you're still going to miss business, so you may as well have, have some time off. I think if you plan it sensibly and you plan it at times of the year, I mean, for example, you know, it could be Easter. Maybe you, you pop a day or two onto either side of Easter and you end up having an eight or seven or eight day holiday break, but you're really only having a couple of days off. Yeah. I think you can do these things, Troy, intelligently. Yeah. You can have long weekends off the back of long weekends, so you can end up having a four or five day weekend when there's already one day planned mm -hmm. or one day public. Um, so I think you've just got to do that, and you, we need to get over the guilt factor, because I yeah. think we all have it to some degree. Um, Gavin, I was, it was refreshing to hear his view, someone who's such a dynamic agent, but also had such a commitment to life balance, everything from his daily morning 5.30am gym exercise right through his four holidays a year. I think that is really the ultimate success, mm -hmm. is having a great business, but having a great life, as well as the, uh, on top of the great business. I just can't uh, get over um, his uh, metaphor that he uses. Suit, what was it? Suit, S, S, tie, S T P. Pocket, S-T-P. Pocket Suit, square. Suit, tie, pocket, pocket square. square. Yeah. yeah. Boys, yeah. talking about that, have you no noticed that I'm wearing actually a, a suit and a tie today? I haven't got the pocket square. No, no, you're looking very sharp. Thank you, John. That's not your old school uniform, is it? That's a different... <laughs> <laughs> it looks good. It's so mean sometimes, Tom. <laughs> No, he looks, he looks, he yeah, looks, sharp. Well, yeah. looks sharp. What are you doing? Oh, we're shooting a video for the Australian newspaper called uh, Mansions, and they, at, in my diary he said suit and tie put in there, so when I looked at it this morning, um, <laughs> that's the reason why. But you know what? I'm feeling confident. I'm getting some good responses from people, first reaction, and yep. I might keep wearing it for the next few it's days. Funny, I was reading on the, funny, funny you say that, because I was reading on the weekend, I forget where it was, might have been Inc. magazine, and I was just talking about how do you build self-belief and get over that kind of lack of belief. And one of the things he talked about just exactly that, it was talking about your grooming and presentation. You know, they said if you go get a good haircut, buy a new outfit, put on a new tie or a new new dress or whatever whatever you wear, and it, it makes you feel better. And, you know, maybe a squirt of new perfume or cologne. And it is funny how when you, when you do something like a mini physical makeover, yeah. you carry yourself into meetings differently. So I thought that was just a really good little practical tip, and now you've raised well, it. Well, John, and this is, this is not uh, trying to uh, uh, say anything else, but I notice that when I see people for the first time and I'm dressed in a pair of shorts and a signet, and by coincidence, if I run, to, run into those people and I'm dressed with a suit better, there is definitely a different reaction to people. So I think we've just got to accept that people will make up their mind about you in a short 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt success presentation. Yeah. As we look at Tom Ford over here at the uh, running the microphone. If young, anyone could see. So, young so, Troy. So if you Troy. look good, you feel good. <laughs> so, so, so Troy, by the way, as we finish this podcast, it's brought to us by realestate.com.au. <laughs> this um, is going to be good. <laughs> pur purple, you got, you're wearing a purple tie with a uh, 
a blue suit. See, I, I and I'm not very good at colour coordination, right? But if this morning I was getting dressed and there was a purple tie there, I wouldn't be putting it on with my blue suit. But you can pull that off. I mean, I just you can have, pull it off. Yeah, you can pull that off. Someone would say, "Oh, this guy's put the wrong tie on to me." But <laughs> with you, they're calling you Tom Ford. So what do I do? <laughs> Thank you, realestate.com.au guys and girls. We look forward to speaking to you next week. Thanks, everyone. See you guys.